Every society unwittingly programs newborns with ideas, beliefs, values and norms. To the extent that we can get an idea of a person's personality just based on their nationality. What ideas are we programmed with as 21st century Westerners? What are the most limiting ideas we have? How does this jeopardise our self-transformation efforts? Welcome to The Grey Updraft, you're here with Ross. I make weekly videos with tools for self-transformation, so make sure to subscribe to keep up to date with the latest videos. Great, so in this video we're going to look at social programming and its effects, and I'll also be giving you solutions to identify and undo your own programming. Let's first look at how we are programmed then. Basically, a huge period in the developmental journey that begins when we are children, babies, is to take on the language and concepts of our home environment. For example, we need to be able to speak the native language so that we can look after ourselves when we are adults, so that we can form part of the society. And from the time that we can start forming memories and understanding language, we have the ability to to build mental maps of the world and absorb the concepts that we hear around us and then start to repeat those and to, to live and breathe those as we interact with others, as we do things in our life. And this, this helps us fit into our environment. It gives us the tools that we need to socially fit in and to, well, even to obey the laws and more practical matters like that. But in a, in a very psychological sense, it allows you, it gives you the means to operate within your environment. And you're growing up in this environment, that's, you absorb all the concepts that, that are given to you from that environment. What happens is that you're basically like a, a little fish that grew from being an egg to being a, you know, an adolescent or an adult fish, so to speak, in this fish tank in this environment that you've been brought up in and of course the little fish that grows from the egg <laughs> all the way up to being a, an adult uh, fish it doesn't it doesn't know anything else it, it it's oblivious to what to the fact that it's in a body of water whether it be in the ocean or in a fish tank or wherever it's completely oblivious to the surround that it's in and so you you what this means for you is that you, when you're inside all this programming, you, you, you're basically, you, you're like the fish in the water, you can't see outside of the fish tank. And you can't see the fish tank as, a, as an actual living, breathing thing, as, a, as an object. You're just completely in, enveloped in it. Let's read a quote from Suzanne Cook-Greuter, because I think this really beautifully explains what is happening with programming and socialization. Great, so that's sort of repeating what I was saying, that it's, first of all, it starts on day one almost. As soon as we are in this environment, we come out of the womb and we're suddenly in this environment, other people are talking and they're sharing ideas, beliefs, patterns of thought, etc. And we begin ab absorbing that. And also we are, as we go through school and as we go through 
family life and friendship, we are molded and people either accept or they reject what we say and what we believe. And over time that gets, you know, we create something, we create like a ball of cohesion and it that fits in with the environment that we are brought up in. And yeah, this isn't just a childhood matter though. And I really want you to be, well, we really want this to be clear. This is not a childhood matter. Otherwise I wouldn't be speaking to adults, I'd be speaking to children right now. It's ongoing. It, it, it's, it's like a tsunami that it's like an endless tsunami. It's just going and going and going and it keeps going. And you, as I said, this little fish that grows from an egg into the adult fish, it gets so used to the, the messages and the content and all the ideas that it, it just, it, you know, it, <laughs> it allows itself to be programmed forever and it doesn't realize what's going on. Let's look at some of the tricks to programming and why it's so tricky, why it's so difficult to identify it, why it's so deceptive. First of all is that programming, it never has like a warning label or a sign that says something like, you know, warning, cultural indoctrination taking place here. You know, as you turn on the news, for example, as you, someone's talking and revealing their values and belief systems to you. They never warn you in advance and say, this is programming you, this is altering how you see the world and how you see yourself. No, never does that. And of course, that, that's how it needs to happen. It's like indoctrination. If you want to indoctrinate children <laughs> into a belief system, you never tell them, hey, we're going to get inside your mind and change all the workings and we're going to make you believe things that aren't even true. No, it doesn't do that. The same thing goes with this more subtle social programming that's going on. It never says this is social programming and that's why it's so deceptive. It's almost like, you know, the coronavirus. Um, the coronavirus the coronavirus is invisible except to the microscope. It's invisible to the human eye. But look what it can do. Once it takes over your body, it can leave you, well, it can kill you, but it can leave you paralysed for days. It can leave you out of action. And the same thing's going on with social programming. Once it gets in there, it can just take over. And obviously it doesn't make you <laughs> ill in the sense that it completely paralyzes you like a disease does, but it has a similar effect. It takes effect on you. It starts changing the workings of your body and your mind. Another trick to programming is this. It's just so mm, all-encompassing. It's like when you're an adolescent at school and there's fads and fashions, you know, and the latest haircut and the latest jeans and the latest songs and the latest mobile phone, whatever it may be, the latest music. When you're, you know, your parents look at you when you're an adolescent, they can see what's going on. They can see that you're getting swept up in all your friends' expectations of you. And, you know, as a parent, you laugh because you realize that that's just kind of part of being an adolescent. But same thing's happening with social programming. You get swept up in, it's maybe not fads and fashions, although that certainly is a part of it. <laughs> it's, it's more like belief systems and ideas of how things are. They are that way. And 
you just get caught up in this and you it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy i mean that's another trap of programming it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because of the fact it's coming from peers colleagues the news political leaders and so on it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because once you believe in it and once you start enacting it you get a reward because you get a reward of fitting in with other people and having their their acceptance so it yeah it actually it becomes it's true because of this reason and this reason is backed up by another reason but the whole thing is a, it's like a house of cards essentially and yeah once you step beyond a lot of the social programming you've received and you can see that other people are still swept up in it you it does in a way like you see them as children a little bit you just have to laugh inside and realize how how delusional they are essentially another trick to programming is that and this is i'll give an example that's really applicable to, to to western societies to modern western societies is that we can often see programming and see other cultures or other people even but that are maybe less than less developed than we are but that hides the fact that we ourselves are programmed let's take an example like we see on the news an islamic suicide bomber blows himself up to gain martyrdom and to be treated to virgins in the afterlife and we say oh he's deluded look at all the programming he's received he's been reading the quran and being you know whipped and <laughs> going to uh, quran school every day since he was a young boy of course he believes this stuff and he's been completely brainwashed yeah it's really easy to look at a more primitive culture more primitive belief systems that are you know in the in the eye of with the view of modern science completely debunk debunks all this it's easy to look at that and say ah that person is programmed that society is programmed that group of people say islamic fundamentalists that believe these kind of ideas are delusional except of course that turns the the focus away from yourself and your own society and the fact that your society is a package it's it's, it's not immune to this this social these social patterns of you know reinforced belief systems and so on it's, it's exactly subject to the same dynamics the other another trick to programming and i've kind of mentioned it with one of my analogies is that it's 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 tacit tacit meaning unexamined and invisible you're like a fish in water you're you just you have no idea you're blind you, you don't know what's going on you you just you grew up swimming in this environment and yeah at a certain point it gets too late and it becomes hard to unwire that stuff let's read a quote about the fish in water then so what this is meaning is that we can't step out if we're absorbed in this programming we can't step out and see it as a system of beliefs and ideas propagating themselves and what actually happens is that and it's really easy to see this in people once you know what's going on you actually see people basically defending their own programming like how dare you mess with those ideas how dare you question 
modern wife. How dare you question blah, 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 whatever it is? <laughs> because yeah, you're the you're the naive fish defending the water that's been grown up that it's grown up in its entire life. And yeah, you're like a vehicle for the the propagation of culture because you've absorbed it and now you're basically trying to teach people and indoctrinate indoctrinate other people in the same way that you have. And of course you don't know this is happening. That's the tacit part of it. I want to say as well that this is like the final trick or the final feature of pro of social programming is that you it might sound like I'm saying that society is evil and it's programming us with all this nonsense and all these false belief systems. That's not really what is happening. Like it, it's not as simple as that. You know, this idea of the blank slate that Locke, the philosopher Locke, claimed. It's really not like that. And what's actually happening is that programming is necessary. It's necessary for the advancement of mankind. If we just reset every new every generation and no one got programmed, the thing couldn't move forward. There could be no sort of spiral evolution because there would be no constant layer, lay, putting down these layers and layers and layers that grow and grow. So it's it's not like we're being, you know, mindlessly programmed. It, that is true in a sense, but also it's, it's much more complicated than that. Cultures vary according to their programming and there's much worse programming than Western programming. And I'll say that before I start going into the contents of our programming. There's much worse programming than Western programming. We should remember that. It's also true that these programming, this programming is actually activating sort of tendencies that are latent within us ourselves and that we need this programming as well. We need it to function. The, prob what, what the problem with programming is that when it becomes, when we pick up ideas that are actually detrimental to our own well-being and we, we, we never develop the capacity to actually reflect on all this stuff and to see beyond everything, that, all the ideas that we've picked up during our upbringing and, and in our adulthood, that's when it becomes problematic. And well, in the case of say Islamic fundamentalists, it's obviously problematic, but also they might have sought it out in a sense. It's a two way thing. So I'm not just saying, you know, society is evil and we're slaves. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's, it's a two way street, but also it is hard to, it's hard to step beyond it. And yeah, if you, if you just listen to what's going on around you mindlessly, that's what will happen. You will not see beyond it. Great. Now let's now look at the actual, it's like the core of the, the video today is looking at the specific contents of our programming as Westerners. So I've said that different cultures have different programming. I'm not going to go into all cultures, but at all times, I'm just going to go modern Western society. Well, that's the programming that I've received and it's, most of us can relate to it. And beware, as I said, this is all tacit. You're, you're like a fish in water. If you can't see this and you don't see it as programming, well, it's because you're, you're still, you're not at the point where you've seen beyond it yet. So before, you know, this might bring up some sort of emotional reaction in you and you say, oh, Ross, you're talking rubbish. How dare you criticize whatever. Look, just, just realize that that is your reaction. It's not my reaction. It's your reaction and it's there for a reason. It's there because you've not seen that this is like, 
this is programming. So bear that in mind. <laughs> Let's get on to it. First piece of programming I'll talk about is materialism and hedonism. So hedonism is basically the, the idea that the sole purpose of life is for sensory, sensory pleasure, cool experiences and enjoyment. And you may say, well, how's that programming? It is programming because it's never, it's not always been like that. And it's, it's like that now because of our technology. It's because of the widespread nature of technology. Of course, maybe the, the aristocrats in <laughs> times gone by were hedonistic, but peasants certainly weren't hedonistic. They couldn't be. But hedonism is widespread now because of, say, social media, television, Netflix, lovely restaurants that sell beautiful food that is tasty and so on. Any form of entertainment that is widespread is a piece of widespread sort of a, a vessel for this. And yeah, this is programming. Hedonism is not... Once you see what is going on, say on social media, where everyone's trying to show themselves having the greatest time of their lives, that's hedonism. And you might have just become so used to it that you don't realise that that is what it is. But hedonism is, is a thing and it's part of our programming as Westerners. What's wrong with hedonism? Well, it means that you, you basically, you're looking for constant highs in your life. And you're also, you're, you're probably thinking that if life is slow and it's not fun-filled all the time and if it's, you're not constantly having like orgasmic moments, literally and metaphorically, <laughs> you're, there's something wrong. And that could be a huge problem. And well, it's been a huge problem for me in my life. Materialism. Wow. Yeah, materialism is basically the view that things and status and, you know, financial nous and capability is the definition of success in life and yeah this is just a tsunami it's a complete it's completely absorbed into our mindset as westerners to the point that it actually drives our entire life i mean i would like to think of myself as being beyond this but i'm not going to claim that i am before i judge other people but i see people and all the, that's their entire thing is about having a certain image and having, you know, having money and having the sit, looking like they have money, having like this, the, the, the look, you know, the, the look of money. And as a component of life, that is great. But as your entire life, you know, your life is just a drop in eternity, this magical drop in eternity. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, I don't, it seems quite sad to me. But it's it's part of the programming as as Westerners, and it's yeah, it's it's not surprising that many of us have that that idea. And it's you know it's it's visible in our. I'm not saying that money hasn't been valued throughout human history. Of course it has. It's probably underpinned a lot of human history. But it's like today it's it's so widespread as well. You know. The average person can build up wealth for themselves and it's it's sort of becoming or it has become like life's report card is your is your salary or it's your your investments or the property you have it's like 
that's your that's your social standing it's sort of like the function of how much money you have let's look now at some more programming career the interesting thing about career is as westerners or in western life in terms of the programming is that it's really not very advanced you know a lot, you know, despite the technology we have and despite sort of the moral advancement we have and how our society has evolved so much, a lot of our ideas about career that we are programmed with actually they come from scarcity, you know, they, they come from two generations ago and they've just been sort of passed on. Things like a job or a career is a way to pay the bills and kill, keep a wolf at the door, you know. Um, yeah, it pays the bills is like one of the common sayings that we have or it's a way to improve our lot and gain status so it's like oh he's a doctor he's a lawyer he's an engineer he's a programmer he's a scientist da 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 etc we have like certain careers that we value because they are well rewarded materially in terms of finance and also you might believe that you you need to get a cushy job that lets you be lazy in life and you may say, well, how's this programming, Ross? Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. A job, of course, it needs to pay the bills. Of course, it'd be nice to have a job that rewards you well financially. Of course, it'd be nice not to work like a slave. But there's much better conceptions of what career is than these three. And I'm going to talk about those more in future. We have so many ideas about career and really, you know, Family and immediate surround during your adolescence is a huge influence and I can see that in myself that I've had to really dive into all the ideas that I was fed in that part of my life as to what money was, what career was all about and I can see I was just completely brainwashed, brain, completely brainwashed. I'm not saying it was necessarily evil but when you see beyond it you can see there's so much more to life there's so much more to career that we can get that's way beyond any of this it's even beyond having being a millionaire what are you doing how are you earning all your millions of pounds exactly how are you doing it i run in a business that has no thought for its shirt stakeholders and customers well good for you you're a millionaire but you're not doing anything wise or helpful to other people you're you're just you're being egotistical there so yeah huge area one good example of this cushy career is like my family i've got the family of my other half is spanish and basically in spain the 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 the, the role of civil servant is very revered let's say because there are thousands of civil servants that get paid very well they have job security, they've got a good pension and so on, but they don't really do very much. So they they don't have a lot of responsibility in their work. And in Spain, this is like the the job that everyone wants. That just that's completely social programming. And it's it's tapping into your laziness. It's not tapping into your <laughs> higher self. It's tapping into your lower self and your laziness. So yeah, watch out for career programming. Moving on, science, oh boy. This is where some people might start getting a bit touchy and I start to question science and say it's programming. What does science do? Well, let's just have a look at this. The scientific paradigm basically says, without saying it, it does it, so there's no warning label. 
basically treats the world as like this big physical box that things are bashing around in, things are vibrating around in. <laughs> and this box works according to clock-like laws that we can discover. And if we can't discover, if there's something that isn't explained by these laws, then that thing doesn't exist. Things like Darwinian evolution. Darwinian evolution is like, it's almost like, you know, when you go to communion, you have to drink the wine and eat the cookie. Darwinian evolution is like that. Have you ever noticed you've read books about, you know, semi, even like semi-academic material like Richard Dawkins, Steven Pinker, these sort of more popular scientists. That's the kind of stuff that I would like to read. They have to mention Darwinian evolution. It's like they, it's like they're paying their academic communion. If they don't do their communion, you know, every so often, <laughs> then they're not going to be accepted by the academic community. And what happens with Darwinism is it's become so popularized that it's the elastic band of Darwinism is like stretched and stretched and stretched. By that, what I mean is we're trying to explain everything through Darwinism and it, the whole power of it completely, it, it makes a mockery of the original idea. Genes and DNA, so it just this, this idea that things are transmitted through genes and DNA and that everything is, you know, everything can be explained by genes and DNA. The Big Bang. Now they're talking about what existed before the Big Bang. So the Big Bang wasn't the start after all. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Science also reduces everything to atoms and matter. And yeah, that's a limitation. The thing is about science is that, again, it's like a, it's a, it's a package. It's propagating itself through our minds and science underpins so much of our understanding of the world. And that is amazing, but it never looks at, it never, you know, we rarely do scientific people reflect on the limitations of science. They become martyrs to the cause. They become just as preachy as any Bible reader does, Bible basher. They, they, they want constant proof of everything. They want, they want everything. If, if something isn't scientifically proven, it's not, you know, it can't be considered as truth, no matter, no matter what it is. The thing is about science, and I'm not going to go into like the philosophy of science. This is about social programming. It's not about scientific, the philosophy of science, but science is really just scratching the surface and Scientific knowledge is constantly reworked, expanded, debunked. We move on, we change. It's not, you know, scientific knowledge is ever evolving. And yet in culture and in your mind, there's a, this hidden assumption that science has sort of got it down and that it's, it's got it down and all it's doing is discovering new territory when really, no, it's actually much more com complicated than that. But of course, when you live in a society that values professions that rely on science, quite rightly, and they value you going to university to study scientific subjects, of course they're going to make it out to be this wonderful, amazing, faultless tool that human beings have created. Let's go on to some metaphysical programming that you receive. <laughs> This sort of goes back to the science thing, and I'm going to keep this quite short. 
You are programmed with the idea that there is no purpose or meaning to the universe. I was watching a Woody Allen film and they were, you know, they're quite sophisticated people, the, the, the characters, as you get in Woody Allen films a lot of the time. And they, yeah, the, the main character basically said something like, scientists are discovering that the universe is purposeless and meaninglessness and has no direction. Well, I'd ask that person or anyone who believes that to realize that they themselves are part of the universe. Their own argument is part of their universe, the universe in that. That argument is therefore also purposeless and meaningless under their own paradigm. So what does that mean? Does that mean your argument actually means anything? It's just a big lifeless machine after all, isn't it? It's, it's, there's no purpose, there's no driving force, there's no divinity. Yeah, you're programmed with that idea and you can see beyond that. Bad habits is another huge area and this is really when self-transformation <laughs> begins is to unwire all your bad habits. Things like alcohol, social media, entertainment, Netflix, diet. What's the most popular food? What's the most popular company in the world eh, for food? McDonald's, Coca-Cola, these kinds of companies. Not companies offering you really high quality, organic, fruit and vegetables, grains and so on, like a really healthy diet. No, 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 no. What do you see on the television? Alcohol, you see Coca-Cola, you see McDonald's, you see these, this unhealthy food that basically destroys your body and makes you overweight and makes you depressed and lifeless. Alcohol, you believe that socializing is impossible without alcohol. It's impossible, right? How could you socialize without alcohol? How could you feel at ease with other people without drinking alcohol? Yeah, that's programming. Social media. Yeah, everything that you pick up on social media influences you and it is a habit. It's, have you, have you, you know, have you seen, I'm not saying I'm immune to this, but have you seen youngsters nowadays? And I've been in this trap, I've had to find my way out, but have you seen people they're gonna have neck problems when they're 40, like serious neck problems, walking around with their head buried in their phones. Looking at, what are they looking at on social media? Is it stuff that actually improves their life in a meaningful way, in a lasting way? No, it's, it's quick entertainment, it's TikTok, it's short videos of, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what is on TikTok, but, yeah, it's a habit, it's, even it's an addiction, it's getting to that level, it's getting to a pandemic level addiction. Your view of life, this is similar to metaphysics, but it's more in terms of what's happening here with human beings. The news and the media bombard you with negativity and it basically think, has you think that we're constantly on the brink of some sort of apocalypse. And of course, yeah, right, okay. We admit, the Middle Ages, when war was like a constant of life and kings and queens were constantly conquering each other's lands with armies and raping and pillaging. Oh yeah, no, right, the Middle Ages, we survived that, but that didn't, you know, <laughs> that didn't do it, but of, yeah, inflation and the abortion, the latest abortion ruling will do it, or AI will do it. 
sure, we, we, we survived COVID, we survived World War II, we survived communism, but no, 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 no. Listen, AI will destroy the world and AI, you know, the abortion ruling, that's going to be so terrible. I'm not saying that these things aren't, there aren't bad, there isn't genuine negative news or unpleasant news. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that it, it gives you this idea, this almost pervasive sense that you, life is constantly on the brink of going down the hole, basically. And you can imagine the kind of effects that has on your mind and has on what you're doing with your life and your level of emotional, how you're feeling every day, if you believe that that's, that life is going this way. Finally, let's talk about learning. So you're indoctrinated with this idea that we don't really have to work very hard for to what, where we want to get to and that if you don't have innate talent, then it's, you may as well not bother. That high levels of competency are reserved for the chosen few, you know, the, the lucky person, the, the, the needle in the haystack that, that has this remarkable talent that no one else has. And yeah, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy, prophecy because you, if you have that mindset, you're not going to actually go and learn anything. You're not going to see that it's, it's an illusion. It's a complete illusion. Those are just some ideas and really I'm not even going to pretend to, to cover them all because there's so much programming that we receive that it's really, yeah, it's impossible to cover it all. And you're going to have to spend time <laughs> identifying for yourself what is the most damaging programming that you've received as you've been growing up in this culture. Let's get on to steps now and solutions. So it might sound like a bit depressing all of this. I don't want to be too depressing. There's a lot of good stuff as well, but as well, realize that <laughs> the most damaging stuff is unpleasant and you don't want to hear it. And if you don't hear it, nothing's going to change. What are the steps? I mean, first of all, is just to spend a few weeks or a few months or a few years even contemplating like, what has this done to you? What you'll realize is that you're basically a domesticated animal. That's what you are. What happens with a domesticated animal? It gets born in a farm. It's raised by a farmer in a, well, there's a varying, varying environments, but it's raised on this farm and it's raised to basically do the farmer's bidding for it. And it has, it's just, it has no idea what's going on. It, it, it's oblivious. It's just been molded. You, this is what's happening with you. You've become a mouthpiece for Western culture. Every time you open your mouth and you say, you know, you, I like this and I believe in that and this is this, you're, you're a mouthpiece for Western culture. You're a mouthpiece for all the programming that you've, in, that you've received. So just spend a few years and, well, a few weeks, few months, few years contemplating this fact that you're a domesticated animal raised to do the bidding of your culture. Step two, start creating a filter between yourself and the world. Start creating a filter between yourself and people who are basically mouthpieces for Western culture. And you'll realize that, you'll realize what I'm talking about here. You'll realize that this is programming, not, not, not 
not nefarious indoctrination, just programming, just how human societies evolve and move on and how human beings develop, but it's programming nonetheless. Third step, visit other countries, and I'd say especially if you're an American, um, it seems that, I mean, the experience that I've had with Americans, it seems that they spend years and decades in the same town or state. And yeah, if that's you, you, you have to go out and see other parts of the world. Like, yeah, as a European, I, I find it very strange because I've been, I've been in many other countries, but yeah, it, visiting other countries can help you see the programming that you've received, and especially if they're very different. Like if you go to India, if you go to some <laughs> town in India, poor town in India, yeah, you're going to have a culture shock and you're going to realise the water that you've been swimming in your entire life. This isn't enough though. So I've, I know a lot of people who've come travelling and they come back and they're basically the same person. Okay, right. They've changed, you know, maybe they've grown older, they've realised some things about themselves in their childhood, yada yada. But really their, their core beliefs, their core programming, their core identity isn't really any different. Um, and this to me is a wasted opportunity. You know, the idea of going to another country for me is like experiencing death. It's like another death of my belief systems and how I thought the world was and how I thought it had to live. So make sure that if you do do that, that, that is what the kind of travel that you're doing. Fourth step, don't demonize and catastrophize this. So I've kind of warned against this already, but I just want to remind you, like, you need to live in a culture and a society to even exist. Like, you can't exist on your own. You can maybe live in the mountains, but why would you want to do that? As soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you, you know, coexist with other human beings, you're just, you have to, there's going to be these social elements and these cultural elements, and that's not an issue. The issue, as I said, is when it blocks us and becomes unhealthy. Just create a filter around your environment and start discarding all the rubbish that is blocking you up. And final step is that even once you become the crab that has climbed out of the bucket, so to speak, I've used a lot of animals here. Crab's the next animal. <laughs> even after you become that crab, you still have work to do. So it's not like unprogrammed, sorry, programmed, unprogrammed, no. It's, it's like layers, it's like constant. It's, I've been working on this for a long time, for years now, and it, it's constantly discovered new areas where I've just been blindly programmed and I don't even realise. And just different situations in life brings it out even more. And it's a constant discovery process and it's beautiful. Especially once you get beyond a certain point and you can, you have that filter in place that's sort of permanent. So get to work on these steps and I want you to leave me a comment telling me which of these steps you're going to implement. I'd also like you to tell me which area of programming you think you are most overcome by. I've just given a small sample of the programming that we receive and I could. this is going to form a huge part of my work going forward. So make sure to subscribe for the latest videos and stick around for much more because Really, all of my work helps you take you beyond the zeitgeist uh, <laughs> of what's going on in Western culture today. 
because a lot of it is very unhealthy and it's, it's not good for your self-transformation efforts. Stick around and I'll see you soon.